Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live, and it is my honor tonight to have with us as our special guest, Christine Evangelista, who we all know as Sherry from The Walking Dead and, of course, Fear the Walking Dead. Christine, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Good. And in your honor, I am wearing my Christine t-shirt. Now, There's a Christine t-shirt? Yes. What? Now, this is from the movie, Christine. I don't want you to think that oh. I'm comparing. I don't want you to think <laughs> that I'm comparing. Yeah. I don't want you to think that I'm, you know, comparing you to a demonically possessed car. Yeah. But I'm like, I thought this would be absolutely appropriate. So, again, <laughs> That's pretty cool. thank you so much for being here with us. How's it going? Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yes. And we have a lot of questions for you. So, I just want to, like, awesome. dive right into it. Uh, you, you are a native, true-born New Yorker like me. So go ahead and tell us how did you, where, when and where did your passion for acting start? And how did you get the ball rolling on that? You know, so I'm from New York. I grew up on Staten Island. Um, I was born in the Bronx. My mom's from the Bronx. My dad's from Queens. Very, very New York Italian family. And, um, you know, my father works for the fire department. He was a mechanic for the fire department. My, my grandfather was a fireman. My mom's a nurse. My grandmother's a nurse. Like, I just come from a very working class New York family. Oh, yeah, I know all about that. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. And I think, you know, I just, as a kid, I loved performing. I was always in dancing school, always in musical theater, and by the time I was a teenager, I was going to school in Manhattan and doing little off-Broadway plays. But when I was really young, you know, my um, my mother worked the night shift in mm -hmm. the hospital. And my father would be home like four or five o'clock when I was home from school. And he wouldn't know what to do with us. So we would like, you know, go either eat a TV dinner or pick up McDonald's. But we would always go to Blockbuster. And like... You know, a couple nights a week, we go to Blockbuster and pick out a movie and watch it together. And my, my father's hearing impaired. And so we always had, like, the closed caption, like, the old school, like, early mm -hmm. 90s closed caption on. So I was I would fall in love with movies and just read the caption on the TV. So I'd fall in love with script. And, and it was just this thing that I would, like, do with my father. And, you know, it's funny that you wore the Christine T-shirt because my dad would always rent, like, kind of inappropriate movies like like thrillers and horror movies like I was watching Chucky and Christine when I was you know in elementary school like you don't let a little girl watch Chucky but no. he, <laughs> we would watch that and I think that's where it just kind of nurtured my love of films and you know by the time I was maybe 18 years old I was doing plays in the city and uh, got a manager through there but you know I obviously don't come from an acting background by any means, but my parents are pretty awesome with That's a great letting story. me do my thing, you know? That's a great story. Uh, <laughs> and having your family spread out all over New York City. I'm uh, I'm from Queens. Yeah, where are you from? I'm Queens. You're from Queens? Oh, what yep. part of Queens? Uh, about three train stops away from City Field. Okay. My, yeah. my family's from Victoria. Oh, that's very close. That's literally <laughs> uh, like less than a mile away as well. So now you acted in several off-Broadway shows. Uh, which must have been exciting in themselves. Is theater what you were primarily interested in, or was your ultimate uh, goal to get into motion pictures, television, movies? Well, I, you know, I, I just recently did a play uh, at the end of 2019 going into 2020, actually right before I started working on theater. 
And before that, I hadn't done a play in like a decade. So I started working on in TV and film when I was about 18. Um, but going back to doing a play again was extraordinary and totally fell in love with it. And it made me fall in love with the craft all over again. And it's definitely something I want to do again as soon as we can. And I'm excited that theater is coming back this fall. Yay, Broadway's <laughs> reopening. But, but look, I love working in television so much. You know, I love the consistency of it and like just really working on something for a long period of time and having tremendous character arcs. Um, and making movies is like a unicorn, man. Like making a movie is a unicorn. Mm -hmm. It is so hard to do. Um, and it is so appreciated. So, I mean, I love, I just love acting. You know, listen, yeah. I, I got to tell you this. Listening to you speak uh, and then listening to your character, Sherry, you so have a New York accent. Uh, yeah. Well, I have a very heavy New York accent. It used to be a lot worse. <laughs> Do you mask that when you're playing Sherry? I mean, you have to. You're masking it somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sherry is not from Staten Island. No, no, no. <laughs> um, no. But uh, most of my characters, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've, I, I don't, I, it's very rare that I, I get to use my New York accent. People tell me <laughs> I have a New York accent. I'm like, I don't hear it. I'm sorry. I you don't. Do. And I think it's your fault that I actually have a New York accent right now because you are bringing it out of me. Hey, two New Yorkers, I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with that. Uh, especially true born New Yorkers like we are. Now, when you got the, uh, when you made your break from Off-Broadway onto a TV show called Conviction in 2006, God, yeah. were you ecstatic? Were you thrilled, nervous? What were you feeling? Yeah, I mean, that, I don't even think that was, like, my first thing I did. I think I, I did a film before that, I think. But well, I, you know, uh, IMDb, you got to take it with a big grain of salt. Right, but when I, I, to your point, yeah, I think I was nervous. I mean, understanding the mechanics of television or filmmaking, you know, it's a different medium, and, you know, it, there's different technicalities than when you have an entire you know, stage. So honing that all in, but I was definitely nervous, but I think there's a level of nerves with every project that yeah. I start up again. You know, that doesn't go away, unfortunately. Yeah. No, no. Now you did, uh, from that point on, you were in several movies, several TV shows, but in 2015, you land on The Walking Dead to yeah. what is a very big character from uh, the comic book series, the source material. How uh, intense was the audition process for AMC to cast Sherry? You know, it wasn't very intense. Really? <laughs> I have to say, I, um, you know, they gave, they gave you phantom sides. So I did not know I was auditioning for Sherry. I didn't know the, ex I didn't know anything. The scene wasn't an accurate scene. They just, I think it was maybe a, it was a two, it was two scenes if I remember and they, they they were relatively short, but they were they were written really well. Mm -hmm. And I um I taped it on my computer on my MacBook at the time. It was an audition I did in my living room in 2015, and I really wanted it, but I was sure I was not going to get it. And um and I remember getting a phone call a few days later from my manager saying that they were interested in me. And the next thing I knew, I was on a plane and flew to Georgia and met. Austin Emilio and the two of us had no idea still what characters we were playing and we sat down with the team over there and they were like yeah you're Dwight and Sherry and I immediately went home and started looking up Sherry and realized 
you know, who she was. And I was so excited to be playing a comic book character on the show. I was so excited to be on a show like this. Like going back to what I was telling you with my father, like he loves content like this. He was a huge Walking Dead fan. So I was so excited to be doing something that I knew that he would really want to watch. Now you must have... You, you yeah. must have known that uh, 2015, we're still talking The Walking Dead is still at its peak viewership. Huge, huge, huge. You yeah. must have known that you are walking into the biggest show on television. Yeah. How did yeah, that feel? It was, I mean... It was, it was surreal. You know, I just kept thinking to myself, I just want to do a good job. You know, I just really want to do a good job because it's such a beloved show and it's um, and it was such a tremendous opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I, I was so, again, very nervous, but everyone was so great. And Norman was fantastic. Andrew Lincoln was like so great. You know, mostly that episode, it was me, Dwight and Norman. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it was just, it was so thrilling. Did it, ha- did it help having Austin be a newcomer? You guys were introduced at the same time. Did it yeah. help having Austin be also in the same position you were? And it was where it was funny because looking back at the photos now, like it was so long ago, we look so young. But um, even us sitting there together, just learning who these characters were all in real time and us meeting together and just embarking on this adventure together to think where we are now, it's kind of wild, right? It is. Uh, yeah. What were your impressions when you walked onto that set and knowing that the money that is being pumped into The Walking Dead. Was Did it impress you, the scope of The Walking Dead set? Yeah, not only the scope of The Walking Dead set, which was huge, right? But it was also the passion of all the people that worked on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really mean that. I, I tell this story a lot that um, Andrew Lincoln wasn't even working in that episode, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And he came to set that day to introduce himself to me in Austin and to welcome us aboard. And... and for somebody to do that, it takes, I mean, everyone says that it, about it's it. Incredible. It was so generous and so warm and inviting. And it just made me feel like, wow, he's really serious about serious about this. He's really passionate and invested. Like everybody is equally as invested. I, I would joke all the time that the crew members, right? Like I've never seen two guys dig a ditch so fast. Right. And yeah. I'm an Italian. That's a bad joke, but like I, I, I get it. <laughs> but like I, the people they just work so hard because they love the show so much, and seeing that was really, really cool. I hadn't really seen that before on TV shows, you know. Yeah, everyone I've spoken to that's come through The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead. I mean, especially The Walking Dead. They have all, they, they say the exact same thing about Andrew. Uh, he is, he was the welcome wagon on any, it doesn't matter if you're a front leading star that was going to be on the show for a while or there for one episode, he was the welcome wagon. Now, uh, Dwight and Sherry introduced us to the saviors. When you Mm -hmm. found out that, you know, you got the role and you went to Georgia and you saw the set, did they tell you, uh, how long your character was going to go for what was the plans they had for sherry or were you doing it on an episode by episode basis they don't even tell us that now (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about no i i did i no i did not know i didn't know much at the time um i knew what was going to happen you know the green boots i knew the comic book 
Um, but everything was so, I mean, that, that still took quite a bit of time for all of that to happen. You know, Negan wasn't introduced until a little bit later. So did, uh, when you, again, when you got the role, did you do any kind of binge watching to sort of catch up with the show in and out just to see where they were? Of course. Yeah. I did all of that. I mean, again, more than anything, reading the comic books. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, going to the comic books, this leads me to my next question. Several months ago, uh, Rosemary Rodriguez, the great director from The Walking Dead, uh, you know, made some statements uh, when it came to the show presenting Negan's wives, to which you were one of. Uh, in the comic books, they were represented in very scantily clad clothing. And that... You know, Rosemary didn't like that. And I'm glad that they went the way they did with the show. Uh, not completely conservative, but not the way it's depicted in the comic books either. Do you remember on set, was there a lot of debate on that? That, you know, old, I, do remember, I remember, God, you're just reminding me now, but I do remember the notion of the women wearing the same looking outfit like we were all wearing these black sort of these black dresses yes um and i, I remember it just being so strange to be wearing a dress <laughs> on the walking dead but also jewelry there was a necklace that sherry was wearing and i just remember thinking like how strange it must feel for these characters to be wearing anything that's yeah. just not utilitarian you know how did you prepare to play such a, a, a woman who's in such a complicated situation? You are married to Dwight, and as punishment for trying to escape, uh, Negan takes you as one of his many wives and turns your husband into one of his workers, his helpers, lieutenants, whatever you want to call Dwight, that he rubs it in his nose every single day as punishment. Uh, that's a very weird situation. As an actress, how did you? What did you do to get into that zone and portraying the emotions that Sherry must have been feeling, uh, having to be with Negan, who she despised, and having her husband watch the whole thing? I mean, it's really painful. I can't imagine. I mean, just that knowing what we know now, you know, because this the story of Sherry has been able to be a bit more has evolved a bit more and we could see just the pain and the trauma that she suffered because of that. Mm -hmm. But I think in that moment, she's going through the motions, right? You're, you're just in survival mode. You just have to do what you have to do to get to the next day. Um, and I think of course that builds and builds and builds inside somebody where they can't take it anymore. They need to break out. They need to leave. And I think, or, you know, they need to do something drastic yeah. and that's, happened to her and once she was able to do that then it's just the grieving the stages of grief that you experience and then on top of it all losing your your partner exactly. not knowing what's happening to him not knowing if he's alive and um but i think in that moment when she was in the sanctuary sanctuary she's just doing what she has to do in order to survive yeah and enduring all of the abuse because of it do you think what your character did, Sherry, in uh, letting uh, Daryl escape. You gave him the means to escape. Do you think that was uh, the trigger point, the pivot point for Dwight's character 
to turn against Negan and start helping the Alexandrian survivors. You think it was inspired by what Sherry did? Took a lot of guts. You ran away. You successfully ran away. You could have just left and left Daryl there, but no, you let you helped Daryl escape. You think that was the pivot point for Dwight to start changing his views? I think it was like, um, I think it, there was a ripple effect for sure, right? But it's just this this marker where, you know, Dwight and, and Sherry are, are saying a lot that they wish they could go back to who they used to be, who they used to be before the pandemic, right? It's, it's who they are at their core and they are good people. And they lose their way at times because, again, we're all just trying to survive. But the goodness inside of them isn't it, that the light is still there. And yeah. I think when you spark that light and run with it, you know, that is the that is the yeah, that was a marker for both of them to like to change the patterns of their behavior and to, you know, hopefully eventually get back to who they were or, or back to the people that would make each other proud and themselves proud, really. So when you found out that your last episode was coming up, uh, I, I was surprised that you were only in four episodes of The Walking Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, when your final episode came, how did you leave it with the, the team, the production team? Did they say, "All right, Sherry, thank you. You're going to, you know, your character is going to run away, fate unknown," and then say goodbye, or did they say, "You know what"? We have plans for Sherry down the road. Uh, just monitor your phone. How did they? How did they tell you? I think the latter was. I mean, it was safe to assume the latter, but there was no conversation. I think. Look, it's very hard. You know, you're dealing with a a, a television series that has just so many characters in it and so many worlds and. You know, there's you don't really know the way things are going to evolve. And sometimes even the writers and the creators don't really know the way things are going to go. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to wrangle actors and their scheduling. And I mean, there's so many obstacles in the way. And I don't really I'm sure, you know, but um, I think I always knew that I would be coming back. I had no idea that it would be on a another show within The Walking Dead. I mean, when Austin went over to The Walking Dead, I kind of. I was like, oh, it would be over there. But there was always talk, you know, of, of AMC over to you know, my team and expressing interest, of course, and seeing my level of interest. It was always it was always an open communication. But, I mean, to what extent, I didn't know. And this is certainly a very pleasant surprise. Uh, so when did you find out that your AMC reached out and they want you to come back to the sh- the universe, the Walking Dead universe, but on Fear of the Walking Dead. How did I, how did you find out? I think it was like mid to early 2019 where they were talking to me about it and coming back in within the next season and and it wasn't in, it it was in the I think the winter of 2019 when I sat down with Andrew and Ian and they told me about the next season and they, they explained the anthology format and, and their plans for Sherry. And it was all really exciting and new and fresh. And I, I was just thrilled to do it. But um, yeah, it was like mid 2019. Now you coming back was one of the best kept secrets. Uh, They did a great job. What did you personally have to do 
to avoid it being leaked out? I mean, obviously you were in Texas shooting. What kind of precautions and measures were put in place to make sure that you were not seen around the set? Yeah, there were there were a few uh, precautions. I think there was a lot of, you know, they would escort me um, under big umbrellas to go to set every day in case anybody. Because sometimes there are people watching us film, and yeah. you know, we try to block all that as much as possible. It was very limited engagement on social media, of course. Um, yeah, so we, we we tried our best. And it was very good. It was, I think, leaked. Uh, it did eventually get leaked, so the show did have to acknowledge it. But it was very close to the beginning. Nobody of... knew to what extent, right? No. Like nobody knew if it was going to be a a dream sequence or no. something. You no. Know. no, nobody knew any details. I remember breaking the when I read the media article. I read it to my viewers, and one thing I remember saying is, "Listen, guys, the sherry that we're going to get in Fear." is not going to be the same Sherry that we last saw on The Walking Dead. That leads me to my next question. How do you feel about how they, you know, they changed your character up for Fear of the Walking Dead uh, into more of a fighter, survivor uh, Sherry, as opposed to the one that we saw in The Walking Dead? I was so game for it. You know, if you think about this young woman on her own after everything she experienced and everything that she carried with her and just the reality of being on your own in this world, right? It just creates this hardened version. And I kept saying it was like this Sherry 2.0 and it was kind of amazing that what I had in mind before I even received the script, um, which we filmed in you know January of 2020. So when I was, thinking about the character and her development all through the winter of 2019, I was like, I had in my mind what I wanted her to be like and just the different, tougher, driven and independent. And I mean, all the words. And when I read the script, I was like, wow, like they, I was just very cool that we both saw, we all saw eye to eye. It was, um, it was great. But I, I mean, I was really, I'm really happy about it. And I just, I hope everyone's happy with Oh, yeah. I, I love that reunion scene. I got to say, it made me emotional watching it in the building. And you and Dwight on the walkie-talkies, him coming down the stairs, seeing you in the alley. Uh, did you guys, how'd you guys work? Uh, did you and Austin really work, rehearse on how you're going to present this to the audience? Coleman, Coleman directed it. Yes, right, which was yes. super cool. So I remember going to work. I mean, we didn't. Coleman, Coleman was just adamant about the only thing he really said. He was like, "This is going to be like this slow." That the, the entire episode, there was so much action. There were so many things happening, and then by the end of it, you have this kind of this slow pull where they see each other at the end of this alleyway, and they're slowly, you know, he's running, he's walking, he's walking, he's running, and then the camera will just spin around them, and it's just them. Yeah. Right. Like just them in that moment, everything else is gone. Yeah. And that's the one thing that Coleman was had told us, and he's so right. And visually, it looked really great, and it was just really cool to do. But we just, you know, and um, I'm glad people. It was really sweet to see how much it meant to people and how they responded to it. And I just 
It was. Yeah, a, I really appreciated that. It was a very intense emotional scene. At least for me, I can speak for myself. It was definitely emotional. Before we dive deeper into fear, uh, just one last thing on The Walking Dead. In regards, I mean, you had, of course, your interaction the most with Austin, Norman, and then, of mm-hmm. course, we can't leave Jeffrey out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was it working with Jeffrey? Uh, you know, he does such a brilliant job at playing Negan. Back then, when we saw him, when he was, you know, I'm sorry, but he was an asshole. The character was an asshole to where he is now, uh, and he's come such a long way. How did he deal in between takes and flipping into the character of Negan as far as you viewing it? What was your perception of it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he had a really hard job. You know, his his dialogue was really lengthy. You know, he would talk for, you know, minutes at a time. <laughs> but he was he's so good and so charismatic. And he's just He's such a great actor, but he's a really cool guy, yeah. you know, and it was like, it was just, it was exciting to even watch him. It was exciting to watch him perform because he was performing, you know, yeah. Negan would speak, he would command attention. And it was, I mean, and watching him as an actor do that also, I mean, it was magnetic, right? I mean, that's one thing that anybody could say about Negan, he's super magnetic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you felt that way watching Jeffrey too. It was like he was perfect for it. He was perfect for the part. Absolutely. I mean, Jeffrey, I've seen him in so many different. He's just such a natural, charismatic guy. And him bringing that to Negan, I cannot see anybody else now portraying Negan besides yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, he's a great actor. Now, when you were on The Walking Dead, uh of course lenny james was there too i believe yeah he had come back by that point but you guys didn't share any screen time when you made it to fear uh was that really the first time you ever interacted with lenny Mm -hmm. yeah it was you know again like i said earlier the the world there's so many characters on the show and each character lives essentially in their own world a lot of the time. And, you know, the us in the sanctuary was, I mean, at least for Sherry, especially in that moment of time, secluded, literally. Um, so yeah, we're, we're not seeing so much now on, on fear, especially after the last few episodes, you know, the worlds are getting a bit more condensed, I think. Mm-hmm. And grieving so it's it's really cool like working with everybody it's like it's very cool those those days on set where we're all there you know it's a lot of fun i bet it is now what's really obvious from when we saw sherry again on fear we know that she has it out for virginia we don't know exactly why we never really get a story as to how virginia wronged sherry personally but i think that's not the point the point was that Sherry was uh, deflecting her hatred of Negan and putting it on Virginia. Uh, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's trauma. It's, it's unhealed wounds, unhealed trauma. It's, it's psychological. And I think a lot of the people that were around Virginia, I think Sherry identified with and wanted to help them and then she thought by doing that, she would essentially help or heal herself. Um, and I, you know, I empathize with that. Yeah. Because you know, it was 
and of course directly about Virginia it was about Megan. Exactly. But it's just unresolved pain. You know, it's deep, deep pain, and I think she's just really struggling to to get over it because, like, she needed to shake it, and she thought by doing that and helping other people, maybe maybe she wouldn't be able to. Now, going from uh, Alexandria, Virginia, where the setting was, and traveling all the way to Texas, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yet again coming across another despot in Virginia, uh, but towards the end of season six when you had a chance to kill Virginia, which would you say was the moment that Sherry realized that my anger is not really toward, is directed at Virginia, it's more towards Negan? You had Virginia, you had the shot, you didn't take it. Lenny, uh, Morgan, and you, uh, he begged you to let, no, he didn't beg you, but he said, you know, let, let us go, and you let them go, you didn't take the shot. Do you think that's the moment that Sherry realized that my beef is not with Virginia, it's with Negan. You know, I think that it was, it's a slow, it's a slow understanding. You know, she hears it for the first time in the MRAP from Dwight, where yeah. she actually needs to get him. And Dwight's like, who's him? And there's that, that moment of like, oh, wait, I'm sorry, I, I was thinking about Negan. And it, it, it doesn't really hit home. I think it doesn't really hit home until <laughs> even after Virginia's dead. You know, it's not until she's at the funeral, I think, for John Dory, where she looks at what happens and she looks at what happened to June and losing your partner and just how difficult this life is. Why are we making it even harder for ourselves, separating herself from her partner, her yeah. love, her friend, you know, and, I, and on this quest for redemption and, and, and to, you know, and to, to fight the good fight alone. And it's just, it's, it's painful. And, it, you know, and I felt really bad for her, but I think it wasn't until that because she was still on the quest to like go back and she's like, I got to do this. I got to get me again. And it wasn't until you start to the reality of like, wow, you could, you could lose it all. Yeah. I love now, you did. I love that moment between uh, you and and Austin when uh, he's like, let's just start over. Let's just start fresh. Uh, that's a really powerful moment. I was fully expecting for Sherry to push back and say no, but I'm glad that you, like, you know, realize that if I do kill Negan, is it really going to heal all the wounds that I have? And I think that's when you really came to an understanding that probably not. No, you know? and a lot of it, it's forgiveness too. And what what Dwight says in that moment is forgiveness, and it's it's allowing her to to forgive herself really for what happened, mm-hmm. uh, forgive everybody. And I think forgiveness is such a powerful tool. And I, I think that's why it was so relatable for people that moment of like we can we can start over, we can connect again. Yeah. It's relatable for me, you know, I've in, in uh, various ways been in similar experiences where you just want to be able to forgive and you want to be able to move on. Do you think it's possible, you know, for humans to find that same connection they once had, you know, before, let's say, the fictional apocalyptic world happens as your two characters had in Fear the Walking Dead? 
where at the end of the season, we do get a happy ending for Dwight and Sherry. You guys and everybody was rooting for you guys to get back together. And I loved how Austin played out Dwight's character to where he gave you the space that you needed because he finally realized that Sherry needed to come to this realization on her own. Do you like to think that that's possible that humans after what they've got, what your characters have gone through and the separation that in the end, it's, it's a love story then true love will prevail. True love will prevail. I mean, it's a beautiful idea that, and, and of course I believe in it, of course, you know, and I think that at the end of the day, all these characters, all of them have is hope. All they have is hope. Yes. Yes, of course, Sherry and Dwight are connecting in, and we hope that they could stay in that connection. Life is hard, and it's about to get even harder. And, you know, the fear of abandonment is real in both of them. You yeah. know, that doesn't go away. And I think it was just this moment of oh, breath for just, you know, not only the characters on the show, but, of course, the people watching that have been really rooting for the two of them and rooting for love because, God, if you don't have love and you don't have hope what, what do you have right? exactly yeah. world. Just, it was much needed it was much deserved absolutely and in the in the walking dead where we rarely get any happy endings uh at least by the by the time at this the end of season six came around the story between dwight and sherry was a happy ending now we don't know what's going to happen in season seven because nuclear bombs are raining down on texas yeah so that's yeah. going to be interesting uh, to see. Now, when you found out that they were going to do the changes in Sherry's character uh, yeah. that really diverged from the comic books, and the comic books, uh, Sherry stays for a long while, ends up getting killed by Rick Grimes. That leads to a rift between Dwight and Rick. Do you yeah. like that they did it the way they did it and, uh, you know, went a different way with the character? I like that Sherry was alive. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I think it's look, the expansion of the of the universe. Literally, the expansion has been really exciting, and it has brought so many new, really great characters, and 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 brought its own level of complications. Right, like the world is bigger, and it's far more complicated, and it's about to be even more complicated because we're dealing with. And essentially an apocalypse on top of an apocalypse, right? Not much can grow, literally. Yeah. So now you're one I'm, of I'm stoked with the direction that they're going. Now you're one of the handful of people that have had a chance to work on The Walking Dead, and now you're on Fear of the Walking Dead. Being on both sets, uh, what would you say are the biggest similarities and what would you say are the biggest differences? That's a great question. You know, there's a consistency in the universes in, in every way, you know, um, with, I would, with my first day on fear, I was with Austin, but I saw Mikey, you know, yeah. Mikey, I worked with on um, the walking dead. There's a lot of writers that come back and forth. Um, and there's just the, the conversation, you know, Scott Gimple, like there's just, there's the same people all around, and what's so great about the show is like it's very incestual. You know, mm -hmm. there's so there's so much back and forth on both on all of the shows that um it offers like there's a lot of comfort in that. You know, even 
it's that first day back to school, right? But you're still with all of your friends. Yeah. So it's, yeah, on this new show. But it's the same family. With friends. And like, and there's like a lot of, like, it was awesome to have Mikey direct that first big episode back with Sherry and Dwight because there's a, fami- there's a familiarity between all of us. And, you know, he knows me and he knows the characters and he's so invested in the world of the show. And it's like that with everybody. So that's really cool. I'd say the, the difference is, you know, we're in Texas. Um, we're in Austin, which is pretty awesome, by the way. Um, and I, I love that. And Remember, um, you're a New Yorker. Always. <laughs> oh. Don't get too attached to Texas. <laughs> no, no I, I'm kidding. I'm a Staten Island girl. But I, um, and, and the anthology, the, the film, the style of, of filming right now is, is different. And, and that's something that's also really great. But I think those are like the differences for sure. Now, uh, I, I mean, we had Mikey on several weeks ago, and he says he remembers like yesterday, the day that you and Austin showed up on the set. Uh, that's how Ew. vividly he yeah. uh, remembers it. Now, we know that the big producers control like the entire universe. You already mentioned Scott Gimple. Does like Gail Ann Hurd and Nick Otero drop by in Texas and visit and see what's going on down there, you know, as well as what's going on in Georgia. Everybody is, Greg is amazing. I haven't seen Greg in a little bit, but everyone is very, very invested in the show and everyone cares a lot. You know, we're dealing with very different times. COVID has been really hard and like, we're not allowed to have, you know, people just can't drop in and out of set like they used to. There's a lot of regulations I think, you know, over the next year, it'll be, um, it might be a little easier for people to come in and, and drop by, but it's a tight ship, you know, for 300 plus people on set every day, like we have to be really careful Yeah. You know? and we take things super seriously, you know, it's, and that's the reason, I mean, we, we were one of the first shows to get back filming in September. That's wild. Like nobody knew what it was going to be like. And you have this massive television show like fear that has so many people, you know, working on it. Um, so many stunts, so many physical things, you know, like to have us be one of the first shows that go back. And so nobody really knew what to expect. And everyone hunkered down and like did their job. And it was, it was pretty, I mean, it was great. We did it. We did it. You, you did it. <laughs> and uh, in my opinion, this last season of Fear, I told this to Satrazimus as well. In my opinion, it was the best season of the entire Walking Dead universe. And that really? says a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how great. phenomenal this past season was. There wasn't a slow burn. And I have nothing against slow burn episodes. They're very much needed. But they managed to do every episode. It was just full pedal to the metal. That's uh, great. Thank you. I mean, it means that's that's great. I mean, the storytelling. I I loved. I loved it as an actor. I think actors love it too because there's a there's a story in each episode. You know, there's not just these little moments. There's like an arc in every episode. You just wonder. It's like how people are going to react to it. Now. As an actress, during this past season and this anthological uh, format uh, where, you know, one episode would focus on a certain group of characters, another episode, another group of characters. Did you find that you had a lot of downtime in terms of days between, you know, in terms of you showing up on the set and stuff? Um, 
Yeah, well, we did. You know, also, I think our our shooting episodes are longer now because there's 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 regulations involved. So um, it did take longer. Again, I'm going into it new, so I don't have anything to reference it by. You know, this was just, this is, I was walking, this is the way it was when I walked into it. I can't tell if it was different before. Um, But yes, of course, we, not being in every episode, but when you're on an ensemble show, you're not in every episode anyway. So it's much better, it's much better to be working heavily in an episode than in briefly in some scene, you know, just to move the storyline. Like as an actor, it's like, it's just so great to you know it's like a car man you just want to like rev that engine up and let it go you don't want to like stop and start all the time yeah you know so it's really great to just keep that momentum going and i mean even it's just from an acting perspective but the story with the i love the storytelling component of it also i mean the way the the anthology format was executed played a huge part into why this past season was so special you know it was done well it was done very well the writing the acting directing everybody came together to bring yeah. us this amazing season what is it that you admire the most about your character sherry i admire her stamina you know her stamina her ability to keep going her you know survival mechanisms um and i think above all you know i she's deeply rooted in morality and doing the right thing, you know, always wanting to do the right thing. I mean, yes, of course, we all get led astray, but I think even deep down, you know, she couldn't pull the trigger. You know, I think deep down she knows what is right and what is wrong, and I think that's, like, commendable. You know, she's been through a lot. She's tough, um, but she's, I think, deeply rooted in morality and and strength, and and I, I love what she's progressed into yeah now we don't get a backstory as to how sherry got involved with the uh the group of outcasts the rejects virginia's rejects uh as an actress what kind of backstory did you build in your mind to get into character uh when we first see you in on fear of the walking dead did you sort of create any backstory as to uh you know sherry's animosity how she fell into this group or did you use uh, the whole Negan thing and project Sherry's anger towards Negan to get into character? Look, there's a lot of anger that was carried over from Negan. And there's just, you know, Sherry needing to lead the way. And of course, like most of the people that Sherry is with in that group were these guys, right? Mm-hmm. You know, young woman leading all these guys. And that requires a lot of strength and determination and just, um, and just like that deep, that power within herself to be like, you're going to listen to me. I know I've been through this. Follow me. That leadership quality also. Um, yeah, of course there's a whole backstory, right? There's like, and I love, I mean, even aesthetically you look at their clothing, you know, it's like this skater park sort of sort for these guys literally live in like this, you know, ring and yeah. Um, and I've thought about all of that and, you know, how she connected to Raleigh and all of those guys, of course, you know, but it's like, even before finding that those groups of people, it's, you know, what happened that time in between leaving the sanctuary and finding them, like that was all the really exciting stuff that I got to do and journal and write about and think about 
when they asked me to come back on the show, it's like, oh, wow, I have this opportunity to tell this story about when she left that day yeah, and how different she is now. And that was really, really cool. Yeah, that is cool. You and Austin have a great on-screen chemistry. Uh, is that Does that come from you guys, you know, being really good friends, off-screen, working together? What do you attribute that great chemistry that you guys have on the screen? Are you, you know, are you guys good friends? Is it just really easy to work with Austin? What do you attribute that to? Look, he's just a really cool guy. I'm kind of cool, you know, <laughs> like easy to talk to. Um, and he's a really great <clears throat> actor. I think we, we respect each other a lot too. You know, there's a lot of respect um, that I think that carries a lot through. Um, I think he's such a great actor, but he's a good guy, you know, and like it's easy to be around him. I don't know. Sometimes it's just like it, it just works. And thankfully, you know, no, yeah, but, he, but we just really respect each other. We like each other too. He's not like a dick, you know. <laughs> I've worked with plenty of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Having respect for the person that you're going to be on the screen with the most is a huge yeah. element. Can you imagine going to work every day with someone you don't like? Oh, oh God. Jeez. Now, <laughs> is that what you're on? <laughs> <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> now, between The Walking Dead and the Fear and Fear of the Walking Dead, you spent quite a bit of time on a TV show called The Arrangement. Um, how difficult was it to get back into the character of Sherry? After, you know, not only being away for a while, for several years, but doing this other character called Megan Morrison. Yeah. I mean, Megan is very different. Both of them, though, I remember, because there was one, um, what, the last episode I did on the, on, on the Walking Dead, I immediately went to work, I think a day or two later on the arrangement. Um, and the worlds couldn't be more different. You know, The Walking Dead, we know what that is. And The Arrangement was a show about Hollywood and Scientology and glamour. And, um, but it was interesting that you had these two focal characters, these two women that were in this, um, that were under the, the, the dictatorship of these men in this insular environment. You know, mm -hmm. was in this Scientology-esque sort of group and Sherry was in the sanctuary under Negan. So it was about these two women really fighting and gaining their independence and fighting against the man and the institution or whatever it is. So I thought that was a really, that was an interesting connection. Yeah, between two characters. But I mean, I was dressed in, you know, high-end couture on the arrangement and I'm wearing, you know, yeah. like, you know, something that was at the Salvation Army on The Walking Dead. So those were the two differences. But it was, I mean, um, after the arrangement coming back to The Walking Dead, you know, I had done some other things in between that time. Yeah. Um, I was really ready to get back in and, like, just, you know, play this really tough, you know, down and dirty character like Sherry. Like, I, I was just so excited, like I was saying earlier, just to get back in this new 2.0 that I've... I, I exactly. Started. And now that Sherry has, I think, started, in order to, to resolve, or not resolve, but to work on PTSD, you have to acknowledge the problem. I think now that Sherry has acknowledged Negan and yeah. knows that Negan is the source of everything, I'm really looking forward to where Sherry goes in Season 7. Mm -hmm. 
I'm really, really looking forward to that. Now, you were part of the awesome horseback scene chasing the MRAP. That's an episode that Michael also directed. How fun was that? So much fun. <laughs> so much fun. <clears throat> and, you know, there's so much great horse stuff going on on the show. Like, it's just, oh, God, watching that, watching it. I you couldn't understand, like, being there. Like, cause I didn't see the screen, but like, God, it was just so beautiful. I remember sitting there in the living room watching it, like in disbelief of just how dope that was. Um, I mean, so, how much time, how much time did it take to shoot that sequence? A lot. There was a, I mean, it took a lot. I think it was more than one day. I can imagine. And uh, now, you know, what is it like as an actor knowing, uh, I guess your character wasn't killed. What emotions were going through your heart when you found out that, at least for the moment, you were going to leave The Walking Dead? Fate unknown. You weren't. You didn't know what they were going to do with the character. What was it? What were you feeling? Um. Well, look. This is the job. You never. It's a very unpredictable industry. You never really know. You don't have control over anything. Really, you don't really know where the things are going a lot of the time so I, I didn't think anything of it you know I, I think I just really knew at some point I'd be back I just didn't know when and I was really excited about the idea of that and um, you know just continuing to just work on my craft and you know be creative um, but I've always been invested in a fan of the show and yeah. of course going in and wondering to what capacity I could be brought back and what it was going to be like yeah now and um yeah let's talk about the uh season six finale in that submarine i'm sure that must have been really fun to watch uh and do sorry uh to act yeah. in the whole yeah. the whole episode it's like really like five to ten minutes uh we get to see what every group is doing after they separate from the submarine it's basically oh, uh i think it's great because it shows us as human beings, you have literally minutes to live. That's what everybody thought. They had minutes to live. What do you do with those minutes? Uh, what did you think about... I loved what uh, the interaction between Sherry and Dwight. How did you feel those moments went uh, in the, the, the Sherry and Dwight clip of those in that condensed five minutes of the episodes of the episode? It was, I loved reading the script and how it was done in these sort of, you know, vignettes, these title cards with these stories attached to it. And like, yeah. how do you, with the end, this is it. What have you done? Mm -hmm. What have you faced with all of these questions of, you know, you have Sherry walking through that bedroom and looking at the photos of the children and the, the, the young girl with the parents. And she's like, I've wasted so much time. Like I've wasted so much time chasing the wrong God, you know, and yeah. not and it's really it's a painful thing and um how did i feel i mean i was very emotional that day you know and it was very emotional i mean the chaos of the looming the noise knowing that it's about to burst where are you going to go and then they finally get there and they're they're bringing the people in they're trying to find some like safe haven and to put this family and to like, do one more right thing and then and and just tell each other one more time how they feel and that they're sorry. Yeah. 
know? And I think like, I mean, I could cry even thinking about that now, you know, like, what do you do? And I think for so many reasons, it was very emotional to film because you think of like, you know, how many people have had such a really difficult time over the past year and needing to say goodbye or like dealing with these like heightened, you know, this heightened reality with, with not much control. And you, know, you think of people that can't go into the hospital to say goodbye to their loved ones and they're standing up. I mean, there's just so much, it was just so much grief and sorrow. So I'm getting very emotional. No, but, no, 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 no. It's yeah, fine. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was, it's a lot when you're faced with, yeah. I love that clip and between you and Austin and how you do try to save the family and Sherry sort of realizes she spent so much time wasted uh, hating uh, Negan and uh, it was great. I mean, there's really not many words that can encompass that scene between you two. Yeah, yeah. Now, moving on with Sherry 2.0, as you say it, do you feel that, you know, the producers have given you a leeway to continue Sherry's story the way you want to, you know, sort of bring the character story forward? I trust those guys so much. You know, Andrew and Ian, I mean, they are, they have some really great things in store for season seven. I mean, even outside of Sherry and Dwight, I mean, things are, I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing. Okay, we can't Um, wait. But I am excited. I'm excited about just, you know, it's also so disheartening where, like, these characters finally get together again and, like, shit goes from bad to worse in the world. And it's, like, pressure is on, man. Like, things are really rough. And, like, who who is able able to not not only deal with it all but survive? And um, I'm very, very excited about season seven and we've had a blast filming it so far we are almost out of time but i do want to ask you uh one last question going on to fear the walking dead and you know meeting coleman domingo and jenna elfman i don't know if you've met them before or not but who has impressed you the most as like what they can do on screen i know it's probably a tough question it is such a tough question because everybody carries their weight like everybody ruben like just breaks my heart coleman's so dynamic lenny's just baller alicia's amazing i just know like growing up right growing up i watched jenna elfman and mo collins so much i love dharma and greg and i loved mad tv yeah and watching Jenna, like in, in that episode that I got to work with her, watching her, I mean, she, I mean, she's done a lot of work outside of Dharma and Greg, right? I'm not just associating oh, yeah. her. But loving that show as much as I did and seeing just her gravitas in this role and how great she is, just how committed she is. Like, well, I'll send a tent and we'll just, we'll talk about the show and we'll talk about the script and and hearing her talk about June I I love I love it I love her the way she thinks about the character and and just watching her act is is exciting and um, and Mo Collins is just she's amazing amazing like just one of the coolest nicest people 
her and her husband just are so fantastic. And she's funny. She's so funny. And she brings like a levity to the day. Momo. I love how she calls Morgan Momo. But she's just, she's just, she's just great to be around. Yeah. So it's cool cool watch. It's cool working with people that you grew up watching, you know? That is so awesome. Christine, thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, It's been a blast talking to a New Yorker and talking to you. You are so talented. We are so, I'm thrilled that you're back on this, in this universe and to continue on the story of Sherry and Dwight. I look, I really enjoy, I really mean this. I enjoy the scenes between you and Austin. When you guys are together, there's something special and magical that I can't quite put into words that comes alive. So you do a great job. Austin does a great job. Uh, Any final thoughts you want to share before we say goodbye? I just want to thank you so much for the show, for having me on, and thank you for letting me use my accent. Thank you. I felt I've been so isolated. Everybody says you have a New York accent. It's good to share the screen with somebody who has a similar New York accent. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Stay safe. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night. And on behalf of Christine and myself, stay walking. Good night.